What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongol Show, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kev, Josh, and joining us via audio is Riverhounds head coach Bob Lilly. Coach, thank you for joining us uh, in this whole live experiment. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. As a reminder to everybody watching live, feel free to submit questions to Coach using the comment section on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. We'll pick the best ones and we'll ask them of Coach later in the show. Um, but for starters, I want to dive right in, Coach. We've we've been talking a lot in the off season about, you know, you've been with the Hounds for a few years now, and we you start to notice trends in sort of how we like to try to get inside your head and try to figure out, you know, why you sort of do certain things that you do. And one of the things that I think a lot of publications sort of keyed in on, including us this off season, is that typically you're bringing back eight to nine players year after year. Many of them are starters. And this year was slightly different. I mean, I think you brought back six guys from last season. Four of them were sort of consistent starters. So was this like an intentional shift in how you're approaching building the 2021 team? Or was it just, did it just sort of happen that way? It's a good question. I think, um, you know, we've been, we've been pretty aggressive the last couple of years uh, wanting to bring back a larger number um, and, and, and really looking at contracts and, you know, our guys are, are raising their value and their stock pretty mm -hmm. high, you know, because of, of the success we've been having. And there's a lot of teams and, you know, when you have to, when you have to jump a lot of guys and maybe there's one team over here that wants this player and one team over here, uh, we've lost some players that we've, that we've tried to keep here. Um, but we were super aggressive. I mean, this year there were some players that were really tough decisions uh, Aropapa Mensa, Steven Dos Santos, you know, there would have been value in keeping them, um, and some others, but we wanted to reshape some things. So I think this year, uh, you know, we, we tried to re-sign Ryan James, Robbie Mertz, Thomas Van Kaisel. I mean, they were, they were high priorities for us. Um, unfortunately, uh, in free agency, they were able to, to find other opportunities. Um, there were also some other players. I mean, we ideally, we would have had 12 or 13 potentially back from last year. Uh, we were okay having nine. Uh, you know, but it, it, was a, it was a really challenging decision to measure how good were we last year? We felt like, yes, we could compete with anyone. Um, but we played in a little bit easier division last year. Didn't feel the team overall was as strong as in 2019. And we knew, you know, we were going to have to make some hard decisions to get better. Uh, you know, to free up money, but also to reshape some of the things we wanted to do, be more mobile and attack. Um, you know, obviously there, there's some key players like a Thomas Van Kaisel that, you know, we were aggressive and, and, and tried to hang on to some players. Uh, in this league, there is a lot of player turnover. And, you know, I do believe 
Tuffy, you know, has put us in a, in a, in a good position to be able to, to obviously keep Jordan Dover around and Canardo Forbes. And, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're going to try to continue to build this out this year and hopefully be able to, to keep a little bit more continuity. Um, but it's also important that we're trying to make the team better every year as well. So we had to look at COVID and in the free agency market, identify players, um, that we, we thought would bring some, some different qualities and maybe some experience. We feel like we've had a good off season, um, in terms of veteran players and also some young players that we've identified. Uh, we went into camp. Typically we go into camp with, you know, 12 to 15 players signed. Usually this year we went into camp with 18 players signed, uh, because we knew, you know, there's there's not as many players available to us at this time because a lot of players have gone back to college. You know, not as many college players are as available. Uh, not as many foreign players are traveling. You know, there's not as many foreign players being brought in the country, whether by us or MLS, because of some of the COVID limitations. You know, and we're trying to keep our bubble safe so um, we're not cycling as many trialists in and out and and we kind of went into camp the one thing that's different this year is we've been two weeks in camp and yes the trialists are here but our team has been the primary focus and they're trying to pick up things but we tactically have been pushing our guys from day one so we feel like we're going to have six weeks of preseason. In other years, the first three weeks a lot of times is sorting out our trial list, who we're signing. I mean, we're, we're, we're doing a lot of that in previous years, whereas this year we feel like we're ahead of the game. You know, two weeks in, we wouldn't have been able to play Cincinnati last year, the year before. This year it still was a big challenge, you know, cause I, I think we're just starting to get fit and get an understanding with the group, especially with all the new players. Um, but we also have been very specific and prioritized getting our group ready because we have a, a game against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, uh, a little less than four weeks away. Um, so, some some of it is circumstances this year with some of our decision making and how we've tried to shape the team. Uh, but I, I want to reassure everyone that look, we build a good team. Uh, we're always trying to hold on to the players that we can, and in some cases, maybe we could have done a, a better job, you know, re-signing guys earlier or looking at that. Uh, earlier, so we're we're always trying to get better at what we're doing in terms of keeping continuity within the group and building a stronger team. So far, I think the three years we've had here, uh, we are respected in in the league and in the Eastern Conference, and you know are 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 learning how to be at the top end and deal with those situations. You know, we 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 had a great 
opening playoff win two years ago and thought started the Louisville game really well in the playoffs and unfortunately, you know, had had a not so great second half and, and get knocked out even though we had home games lined up. Uh, this past year, I think, you know, there was a game against Hartford late in the season that we dropped. Had we won that game, we would have been hosting games at home all through the playoffs. Said we had to go to Louisville. I thought we played well in Louisville. I couldn't have asked much more from that group. Um, you know, I thought we, we played them straight up and, and stayed aggressive and had a long time chasing that goal and, uh, and gave up a late goal. But I think if we get that tying goal, we were well in that game in Louisville. So, you know, learning to play these big games is important for our culture and, and getting the guys comfortable with that. Um, but we're always thinking, how do we get better? How do we win a championship? How do we get further along the road? I do think we've started to establish ourselves and we want to continue to do so. Um, but we, we also knew, even though last year there were, there were positives in, in, a, in a difficult season, we knew, you know, we lost a lot of good players in 19. We, were, we, 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 we competed well last year and made some, uh, some smart decisions, Danny Griffin, Danny Vitiello. Uh, but overall, we weren't as strong. And, that, and that's one of the reasons why you see a pretty big turnover going into this year in terms of our roster. But I'm excited about the guys we've signed, uh, and I'm excited with, with the upside with this group. We just have a lot of work in front of us to bring everything together and for the team to gel. You, you mentioned um, Tampa in four weeks, um, a, a nod to you know the season schedule. And I, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the, the USL restructuring with the conferences and the, and the divisions and, and your thoughts around that. I mean, so that, you know, now we have the Eastern and Western conferences and then two divisions within that. Um, I know personally, uh, you know, as, as a fan, I'm a little sad that Louisville isn't in our division. I would have loved to see us play Louisville a lot more. Um, but, uh, and, and even Indy for that fact. Um, but I guess, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on the division and, and conference uh, shuffle and then like the opportunity to play some teams like, like Austin and San Antonio? I, I like having a little bit of the crossover. I, I do. I don't, when I look at, okay, we're going to add an extra trip to Miami. We're going to add an extra trip to Tampa. Um, we could have just as easily been playing Birmingham and Memphis. Yeah. And, and to me, it's not really regional anymore. I, I don't. We may have had one more trip had we just played everyone home and away, because Charlotte's still going to be two flights. Charleston's going to be two flights. Uh, Tampa's going to be two flights. Miami's going to be, and we lose bus trips because we would bus to Louisville and Indy. And when you look at it, we still have to fly away to San Antonio. And when I when I looked at it, I'm like. If you're not in, in, a, in a regional pod, I think the integrity, it would have been nice to play everyone in the Eastern Conference home in a way. Uh, and I think we that would have been what I would have liked to have seen be the ultimate decision. Uh, I do kind of like that there is some crossover. Um, uh, I think it was kind of random. <laughs> so, uh, 
You know, we'll have two tough games in Indy and San Antonio, and then we have Austin, Las Vegas coming to us. So you'll get to see new opponents. But, um, you know, I thought we could have played all within our conference and maybe to add a, a few extra games, you know, you, you may play your closest rivals, you know, an extra home and away set. But, uh, look, it's it with the pandemic, it's tough to – have everything you wish for. Uh, I feel grateful that we're playing 32 games and, you know, we're playing more, more different opponents this year than we did last year. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll go with it this year and, and try to be competitive. I do think our side of the bracket is, is pretty tough. It doesn't have Louisville and Indy, but I, Tampa and Charleston were, very good. In fact, I felt Charleston was even a little stronger than Tampa last year. Um, but I also think Charlotte uh, has has added good pieces and had a really good season last year. I think uh, Miami is a sleeping giant because last year was a poor season for them. But their personnel and, and the money they're putting in, you know, they, they can be very dangerous. And, you know, I, I think – there's our job is to is to take care of our home games uh make sure we're ready to play every time we go on the road and and not just play for draws try to get wins on the road and try and get in that top four i think we have enough caliber in our team to compete with anyone um we just have to get you know a a collective uh comfortability with the group and, and, and guys knowing their individual roles, but also how we want to play tactically as a team. And I think if we put those things in place, I think our, our personnel is quite good. We still have some work and some decisions to make, um, but I think we're pointed in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, to that point, like it's this, this year was also kind of uh, tricky for us because usually we can go down, check out preseason games, and and see how the guys are doing. Um, so we haven't been able to do that this year. Uh, but just coming from you know seeing what the press releases are saying, like that Cincy game came across as very positive. Uh, the, the comments you made sounded great. Um, how are you feeling about preseason so far, uh, as far as that goes? Yeah, I mean Gannon, Gannon, and and Detroit were. You know, they weren't significant tests. I mean, listen, those teams came in and, and competed and uh, but they didn't they didn't provide a lot of danger and, and we didn't really, uh, you know, get pushed a lot in terms. They, they defended and tried to hang around. And in Detroit's case, they were able to to get to half zero zero and they grew in confidence and. You know, we were a bit stubborn trying to ram it down the middle, and they were packed in the middle. We needed to to be a little bit, uh, you know, more patient with the ball and also use the wide areas to stretch them a bit and get in behind. We played in front of them in the middle of the field where they threw a lot of numbers, and, and we didn't figure it out. Um, but I think we... You know, we, we were learning the, the system and getting comfortable. I think we went to Cincinnati knowing, knowing it would be a difficult test. Um, we competed well. When we got exposed, we recovered and, and made plays in our box. We blocked shots. You know, Danny made a couple of big saves. 
Um, we did force some turnovers and, and create some some good chances, and we had two good goals. Uh, but they were in behind us a lot, and and in a typical game, you know, we could have given up four or five goals. So we're ne- going to need to tighten things in the back. Um, and then I think once we got a lead and got in the game, we found some outlets and just needed to keep the ball. I mean, we, we defended for large stretches of the game. I definitely want us to have the confidence to hang on to the ball because, you know, if, if we go into Louisville and give them 70% of the ball and they get the same chances that since he did, we can't hope to be fortunate again next Saturday. If Louisville gets that many chances, maybe we are giving up four or five goals. So we'd like to see some improvement on that this week, but I kind of expected it. I mean, we went from some competition that certainly, uh, I don't want to be negative to to Gannon or Detroit because those are games and things we had to learn about ourselves and get comfortable. Uh, But it was a big step up, the speed of play that Cincinnati provided and and the danger they provided with their movement and their pace up top. And it's an MLS roster. And some of those questions that they asked, I know Indy just went into Vancouver or played Vancouver and beat them 2-0. I know Louisville's knocked off a few MLS teams. I mean, you know, the higher level teams in our league are quite capable of competing. And, you know, for us to do it this early, I I wouldn't typically schedule it. But I knew, you know, we were starting later. We've got to get games. We couldn't play Pitt or Akron. Or, or Penn State, some of the teams we played. And, you know, I didn't want to, we didn't want to just play lower division clubs. We had to get some, some quality opponents in here. Um, so we tried to schedule a tough schedule knowing we have a lot of new faces. Uh, we need to give them some serious tests so they're ready. And we were prepared to go on the road. And we chose to go on the road to Cincy, Louisville, and Indy. Indy. And I think it helps us prepare to have to go to Tampa when it matters. I, I want to kind of pick up on some of the tactical insights that you that you provided there. Um, I mean, you mentioning kind of wanting you know wanting to see the team have more confidence to hang on to the ball. Um, talking a bit about you know the, the defensive setup. I guess kind of kind of two questions that I'm curious to hear your input on. Um, I mean, like historically. Uh, you know, your your teams have been strong defensively. That's not to say that you're a defensive manager. I know that gets thrown thrown around a lot. But, um, you know, in, in past seasons, you know, at the Riverhounds especially, you know, we, we would have a keeper come in, win the Golden Glove, leave, and then the new keeper comes in, wins the Golden Glove again. And, you know, we would have Greenspan and Adewale leave, but then it doesn't matter. You know, new center backs come in and, you know, it's – a strong stout defense is is that something that that you're just really comfortable with now like I, I we as fans i think we've gotten comfortable with the idea you know we have attachments to these players um you know vonky zeal especially but um I, I think we still have have an understanding based off of you know the historical evidence around riverhounds teams that you've been in charge of that 
you know, you can you can rotate keepers week in week out. You can rotate some center backs, and and usually we're we're pretty strong d- defensively. And I guess the second question too, you mentioned trying to hang on the ball. I, I think there's a lot of discussion in our community around the role that uh, Kenny Forbes has, um, whether or not he's maybe a, a more like a, a number six deep lying playmaker, or maybe he can be more of a you know pure number ten, uh, an attacking force that doesn't really have to. Work, you know, sit too deep and worry about the defensive and, and start the playoff too much. How maybe how do you see Kenny's uh, role kind of evolve as he as he continues another year in the team? Yeah, it's, it's a really perceptive, you know, observation. I, like, look, Kenny, I have tactically at times pushed him higher. Uh, he inevitably likes to come find the ball. It's his, it's his, it's what he's most comfortable with. I've tried to force him higher, even back in Rochester. He he's comfortable making the game from deeper. Um, sometimes I feel like we have other guys, but it's tough to argue with, you know, our, our team gets confidence when, you know, the center backs can use him. They're more confident on the ball. He switches play. It's harder to do from higher positions. Uh, he has, you know, he's, he's a really intelligent, uh, player and gets in the right areas defensively, even though he's not a, you know, great ball winner, but he intercepts passes. He picks up loose balls. He'll track a runner if he needs to. Um, you know, we usually try to put some muscle around him and some energy around him, whether it's Dabo last year, it was Danny Griffin. A lot of times um, in the past, sometimes it's been a player like Ryan James, Robbie Mertz and, and Danny Griffin did a great job in and around him last year. Um, but, you know, yeah, we're good defensively. And yes, some pieces are interchangeable, but, you know, it's not easy replacing Thomas or, or, or Joe Greenspan or, and, and last year, you know, maybe if we were playing in another division, uh, we wouldn't have posted the same numbers. So we definitely knew we had to make some improvements. Uh, and then with Thomas leaving, that that's a real focal point right now. I mean, I'm happy to know we only gave up one goal in our three preseason games, but the first two, we weren't really tested in Cincinnati. The one goal is deceiving because, we were not good defensively. Um, I'm a big believer that you have to get, you you know, you have to be good defensively. If you're going to win in this league or any league, you have to be good in attack generating chances and you've got to be good in possession because if you can't hang on to the ball and you can't win the ball, teams could come on our park, slow the game down and, you know, play keep away. And, you know, I don't, I don't believe there's times you're in the lead. You need to close out a game. You don't want the game to be wide open. You need to be able to keep the ball. You need to be able to defend the lead. All of those things are important. And Louisville, who's not considered a defensive team, played a playoff game against us last year, got a lead, And we were playing well, and we had them on the back foot, but they were able to defend for a lot of minutes. And a couple of their defenders played for me in Rochester, but they were able to protect that lead and eventually get a second goal in the 
fourth minute. I don't know what, but they don't win that game if they can't defend well as a team. And I think it's, it's important. And, you know, some of our success defensively is defending is, is a team thing and it's an attitude thing. We're good defensively because we get our forwards to work and our midfielders to work. And there's a system where guys are connected and they cover each other and it's pretty specific and, you know, it's led to them having success and, you know, it's important, Uh, you know, but the three years I've been here, there have been games against good teams where we've, controlled the lion's share of the ball. Now, some some years, some games, uh, it's taken us time, you know, early in the year to get comfortable and, and to circulate the ball and to use all our pieces. But we've had some great wins in my time here where, where we dictated everything in the game. We created our chances. We gave the other team no chances. And we were, we were, we were capable of, uh, not only getting our chances and defending well, we were capable of hanging on the ball and just controlling the tempo and playing exactly how we wanted. And I think it, it helps to do that with Kenny. Uh, certainly one of the reasons maybe why we're a little bit better defensively is, for me, defending is the easiest thing to do. It's, it's like I said, an attitude, attacking, um, you know, we've had some good attackers when you look at, at Cristiano Francois and Nico Bread and Romeo and, and, and Dos Santos. And, you know, we've got good attackers. We, we haven't necessarily been able to, to get Tyler Pasher here. I know he was here before I got here, but or Cameron Lancaster. I mean, we've had high-level forwards, maybe not, you know, the tip, tip, top, you know, but I think we've, we've tried to get it right in all areas. Um, and I, I think last year our scoring was up, but I think a lot of it was beating up on, on some of the, the MLS two teams because of our division more so than us being consistent in attack. And, you know, we felt in, in, in Louisville, we had enough possession, the ball in enough dangerous areas. We lacked a bit of movement at the right moments. And we lacked a bit of creativity in the final third. And that's some of the reasons for a lot of, a lot of the personnel changing in, in, in the front part of the field and even some in the midfield was to try to improve in those areas. Um, so I, you know, I get it. I mean, I, I've been labeled for a lot of years, but I know, you know, I, I just have to try and keep us stingy defensively, keep trying to make us better offensively. And I know there are times in the season and in games, you're going to have to be able to hang on to the ball. You can't chase endlessly. As hard as we work, you've got to be able to manage the game. And the only way you can do that, if you can get a hold of the ball and Canardo Forbes is a huge part of us being able to do that. And, you know, that's another positive from the Cincy game is, we got a result and, you know, Kenny's got a, we're hoping he plays some minutes in Louisville, but you know, he didn't play any minutes in the Detroit game or the Cincinnati game. We've kind of protected him here so that hopefully he'll be ready for Louisville and, and Indy 11. 
You mentioned Kenny. Um, we've had him on the show, and and obviously we know a lot of the returning guys. We're we're trying to do our best to learn a bunch of the new guys. Uh, Steve uh, asked the question, Coach, who do you think is most likely to be the most impactful new signing? So uh, let's let's uh, put some caveats around this. I don't want you to necessarily feel like you're picking your favorites or anything like that. But you see these guys day in and day out. You know, who are some guys that you think, you know, after two or three games, the Steel Army is going to be like, holy cow, like that's a player? Well, I think we're so – it's so early. I think your guys' guess is probably as good as mine. Now, I have seen him for two weeks and you haven't. But, I mean, listen, I think adding Dixon, uh, you know, he's got pace and he's got quality in the final third with, with a final ball. But him and Cicerone – Russell Cicerone, for me, are are good wide players in this league, but they can come in the channels, they can score goals, they can set up goals. Um, Josh Gatt, you know, has a lot of energy and, and is, is a dangerous player, has played in MLS in Europe. I think that really changes the dynamic, and they're all competing, and Albert Dequa, you know, has a lot of upside as a player and still a very, very young player. The other three are, are, are a bit older and more, more experienced, but Albert's got four years, four, four years, I think, under his belt already in this league. So it's a good core there. Um, I think Louis Perez uh, is a rookie that has looked quite good in preseason. He's very technical, great passer. Um French kid out of Central Florida. I mean, he's he's doing some things that are different, just like we kind of felt, you know, Robbie Robbie made an impression early last year, Danny Griffin. I mean, I think Louis Perez is going to be interesting to watch in the midfield. Um, I think in the back, uh, you know, it's tough. We, we had signed Alex Dijon knowing – thought could be kind of a quarterback and organize things and had experience in Europe and, and with Orlando the last two years he was he was able to go into Atlanta and get a job there uh, but we've we've added Mikel Williams who has experience I think he's got like 40 caps for Trinidad and experience with 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 Colorado and MLS and, and also OKC in our league and, he, and he's been over to Europe so um, you know, those are guys with, with good resumes. Now it's our job as a staff to get the best out of them and fit them into our system. Uh, I think they're good in the locker room at all. The sense I'm getting with these players is, um, they want the challenge they're working hard. They get on. They get along well. I see these guys communicating already. Uh, it's. I think there's already a good chemistry, which is encouraging to me, because there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of competition. Um. You know, and and these guys are all coming from different areas, but I think a lot of them are looking at Pittsburgh, man, we used to play Pittsburgh and, you know, Pittsburgh is, you know, they're hard to beat and they're always somewhere in the mix. And, you know, I think that's exciting that we're building this culture where we were able to attract some players that 
maybe we wouldn't have been able to get in here in, in year one or two. Uh, but I think we're starting to to be in the discussion, you know, for, for top end players. And, you know, it's our job now because look, Miami had a great roster last year and they had a, a really disappointing season. Just cause you have players doesn't help you win. You got to get the right players and then get a good understanding between the players and, and, uh, continue to grow throughout the season if you're going to win. There's a lot of talented rosters when you look at the bigger clubs in our league. Um, but, you know, we have a good group. Um, it's going to take some time. But like I said, we're, we're not slow playing it. Like we're, we know, I'm not really a guy that thinks, oh, we lost this player, this player, we need, this is going to be a three-year process. I want to win every game. It doesn't matter if you gave me a brand new roster next week, I'm going to try and get them ready. So my mindset is we have good talent here. Uh, let's, let's get them really clicking in three months rather than three years. Like, you know, and, and if we can do something in three weeks, get there, then we can move on to the next thing. And, we're going to be aggressive. We want to, you know, we've been able to be, in my opinion, a top end team the last three years. I don't think uh, we've we've shied away from anyone in our league. There's a lot of big teams developing in the West as well. We know our conference traditionally was always super tough, but the West with, with Phoenix rising and, New Mexico and El Paso. There's there's a lot of teams that are investing, and uh, it's a, it's exciting time. Our league is really growing and showing. I mean, if you look at the results of the amount of teams from our league knocking off MLS teams in in preseason, you know the owners and and the teams are are really raising the level, and I think it's a credit to. Uh, you know, the USL and the owners that, that we've been able to, to really grow this second division in the U.S. And we got to stay aggressive if we're going to keep pace and, and certainly if we're going to win a championship. So, uh, you know, that's that's the goal every year. Uh, I've never not looked at it that way. Um, sometimes it takes time, you know, but it shouldn't be we're going to wait and hope something happens. Put yourself in position every year to make a run at playoff time. I know last year, if we were able to find a result in that game in Louisville, we would have been a tough out, you know, at that point to go at that time of year. And, and I think our guys were brave. We went forward. We carried a lot of the game. And, you know, I, I thought we played them a heck of a lot better than when we beat them there earlier in the season. We just capitalized. We beat them three-one early in the season, and I thought we should have been down by three goals by the thirtieth minute. We got a tying goal right before half, and two early goals in the second half because there was the long layoff with COVID, and we jumped back into it and we capitalized on a couple of their mistakes. But we we didn't have much of the ball that game. We didn't create many chances. I thought in the playoffs we were we were definitely playing them on 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 our terms. And you know, unfortunately, 
they're a good team. They created some dangerous moments, uh, got their goal. And, you know, I think they would have liked to have gotten a second goal earlier, but we kept the pressure on them and, you know, we're, we're growing that, that helped us. And I know a lot of those guys aren't back, but we always think about the foundation. And when you have a couple of, of really good pieces in the middle of the field, when you look at Velarde, Anthony Velarde, Griffin, Kenny, I think that stayed pretty solid. Um, I really trust Jordan Dover. I think Danny is, is, is a very good young goalkeeper. And I think Danny Rivera will do anything um, that you ask. And, and, you know, Deke was not a bad a bad player to start your your front line with, and I think we brought in a lot of guys to to push him and raise his level, and players that will bring other things. And you know, but you're not winning anything with those seven guys. It was obviously important for us to to to, to re- reinforce a lot of areas and get as much quality as we could, so there would be more competition. Last year, there was not enough competition in my mind uh but it was a shortened season i i i don't feel like we had enough guys players 16 through 24 for me last year were not good enough uh to really push the group even from 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 that part of the roster and this year our goal is that every player you know, even player 22, 23, 24, we want them to be at a standard that maybe last year they would have been player 15. You know, we're, we're really trying to get that deep. More games, injuries, rotation, you know, it's, it's a tighter, it's a shorter season with basically a normal schedule. So, you know, we're going to face some adversity. But we also think we have more answers in this roster than we did last year. Coach, you mentioned uh, Alex Dijon. Um, and uh, I know that when he moved from the Hounds to Atlanta, there were a lot of fans that were sort of split about how that was sort of handled. You sort of look at Indy, who obviously brought in some players and then turned around and immediately made some money signing them to, to other teams out in the MLS. So could you just speak to I, – I, I think we sort of were on both sides of the fence of saying it was a good move from, you know, treating the players well. And then there's also the conversation about the potential to make teams money. So from your standpoint, could you speak to just sort of how that went down and and why you think that was sort of the right move to let him go to Atlanta? Well, that's not a player that, you know, if, if he had played with us, we would have an option and, uh, but, that player would not have signed with us because he was always in the MLS mix. So can you hear me at this time? Yes, sir. Yeah, we can. Okay. He was always, you know, we signed him. We're aggressive to get him signed. Uh, He was, he wouldn't have signed with anyone. What we did was get his rights knowing that, and I've probably done that 30 times and, and been able to get players committed and probably 27 out of 30 have ended up with me. And 
that's an insurance policy that the agent, if he plays in USL, he wants to play with you. He's willing to commit to you. Here are the terms. And that's how we structured it. There is an escape. If he gets invited at that point, he hadn't been in, 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 in an MLS camp. There are some other guys that we signed that are on our roster right now that had a little bit of flexibility that, uh, just weren't invited in. I mean, Alex Dijon, maybe Atlanta said, well, he didn't start for Orlando, but we missed the playoffs last year. We can, you know, if we have injuries or international call-ups, we don't want to lose the game 5-0. Maybe we're better with an experienced guy as our depth player, and we can trust him a little bit more than a college kid. So they elected to take a player. Now, there are a lot of teams in our league would not have an in MLS that would not have an interest in Alex Dijon because they have their personnel they're comfortable with. For their depth, they're going to save money and get a college kid and pay him a lower salary. Um, but, you know, the, the, the idea is we can sit and, and – not work a deal with this player and he's going to wait till last minute to see what happens with MLS. And at that moment, if we sign him now, there were some teams, yeah, the big, the big boys were, were spending and signing San Diego, Birmingham, Tampa, but some of the teams like Charlotte and Memphis, if we wait and don't get a deal done and at the last hour we're trying to sign him, there's could could be other teams in the mix. Price tag could go much higher if we can lock up his rights. So it was a strategic decision. I know fully how successful. I I'm not gonna share everything I do from a, from a, from a, from a signing and but that gives you some insight that it was a decision that. You know, we want him here if he plays in USL. And we knew there's a, a, a strong possibility he'd be with us, but there was a chance. And the minute I knew he was he was going invited into Atlanta, I said, I wish he was going to a better team, you know, more established team from last year. Atlanta was a mess last year, missed the playoffs. I kind of think he may get the benefit of the doubt if he goes in there and trains fairly well they may prefer his experience because they're going to have a lot of roster turnover. His experience may be needed at some point with international call-ups and the new coach and everything. And, and he's played in Europe and already in MLS. So, uh, you know, he's not a high end veteran, like he's not a high salary, but certainly his salary is more than, than a young, a, a rookie would cost. Uh, but obviously they, they took the position that we're going to have a little bit more experience with our depth players. Like I said, the better teams, I think, feel like, well, we're not, we don't need to spend that extra 30, 40 grand on a senior player. We can, we can shift some money in the budget to, to give another guy a raise and develop a younger player because we, we want to think about the future, you know, and that's, that's a lot of, of, of guesswork. We took our best guess. Once he was in Atlanta, 
we quickly reacted because I said, we're going to go after Mikel because now at, at that point, Dijon wasn't even invited to a camp. Once he got invited in, we moved pretty quick on Mikel Williams. And we said, if Dijon, if they don't sign Dijon, we're, we're in a better position. If they do sign Dijon, at least we've been proactive looking to get another center back with experience uh, at, at, at a strong level in here. So, you know, we're, but I've done that many times, not just here in Rochester and even prior to that, um, you know, so th the contract was always set that way. I mean, had he come in here, it's tough to go to an agent. Well, we'll sign him and give him the insurance and he never sets foot in Pittsburgh. But if he ends up signing with MLS, you need to tell the MLS team to pay us a fee. Um, you know, with, with Indy, they've had some players that they've sold off. I have had players. I know there's a goalkeeper in Rochester. I signed the one year and, he, he got an opportunity to go on trial in Europe. And I said, well, you can go, but if we're going to allow you to go and they sign you, we're going to want a fee because I, I didn't know if I'd find a replacement. Uh, and We got a fee. But a, a lot of times, uh, you know, Indy may have paid a player that has already played for them. Same with us. We're not all of our, all of our options on players uh we have some protection to have them for a second year and in some cases there's a fee a buyout but there's always money changing hands uh that's not always the case when you're signing a guy uh on the front end so uh, hopefully that gave you guys some insight to how that kind of transpired oh no for sure and i i appreciate you you know being willing to give us a little peek behind the curtain and get a better understanding of how all that works. I know it's not easy and I know these aren't clear cut decisions, but, uh, but it was cool. I, I appreciate that. Thanks. No problem. So uh, shifting the focus uh, to Saturday's game against Louisville. Um, so feels like Louisville's ever since uh, Harrisburg left that they've become kind of more and more our rival, uh, for better or worse, I, I think it's great because they're a great team. So it's it's good to have a rival that's actually challenging. Uh, what's your relationship like with the organization? Like, do you do you view them as a rival, and uh, just how is it going to Louisville? Well, I think you know my team's in Rochester or here. You know, we've beaten them there the last three times in in the regular season, and you know have a slight edge in them since i've been here in the regular but they've come in here and won or you know gotten draws the biggest thing is is they've won the two playoff games over the last two years uh so for us i think when you're trying to get to the top and louisville's generally somewhere near the top uh that's always going to be a hurdle you know or a big game and a challenge and uh, I think they're well run. I think they have a culture there that, that is a winning culture. And so right away, whether we're playing them in the regular season or not, even this preseason game, preseason is not about results necessarily, but you have to learn to win. 
on the road. You have to learn to win when your backs are against the wall. You have to learn to go into Louisville and keep the ball. This group of players needs to, you know, Louisville started preseason six weeks or more ahead of everyone. So they're going to be super ready. They open up the following week. We don't play Tampa till three weeks later. So I expect to get their best lineup. Um, but I want my guys to be tested by that because, you know, that's how we're going to get better. And there's a good chance that if you make the playoffs and you're trying to win the Eastern Conference to play in a final, uh, most of the time, you, recent history suggests you're going to have to go through Louisville at some point. So it's, it's a good opportunity. I'm glad we're getting to play them. Uh, you know, we had big games with them against when I was in, in, in Rochester as well. Um, I think when we won it in 15, we knocked them out uh, of the playoffs. Um, I think in 17, when they won it, they knocked us out of the playoffs. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, I, I'm just used to playing them in big games. And, and I think for us and the fans, they want to, they want to win. And the bar has been Louisville because of their success at playoff time. And so I think they're, they're the team right now for a lot of teams in the East, but I know we're on everyone's radar as well. You know, as we continue to, to establish ourselves as, as a heavy hitter in the East, uh, don't think Tampa hasn't circled their game against us or, uh, you know, even the preseason game against Indy. I think everyone, we, you know, we, we've earned the right to, to play, you know, the big games and, you know, to compete at that level. Now it's our job to stay there and prove that we're not just one of the best teams, but we can get to the top of the top of the mountain. I mean, that's, if you want to win things, you have to be willing to test yourself and put yourself on the line and, and, and go out and compete in the biggest games. And, you know, I, I think it's something we, we constantly try to remind our guys, we're not here just to make the playoffs. We're not here. Um, you know, to, to, earn a paycheck. I mean, there, there's an expectation here and it starts with, uh, you know, the staff and, but, but also, you know, Tuffy wants to win. And I think it's not just the players, you know, people in the front office. I mean, a lot of them have been here a lot of years and there's media that's covered the team a lot of years. I mean, there's a, there's a hunger there. There's a, a desire there. Uh, and we've got to push ourselves and, and do everything we can to help make that happen. And I think this can be a great soccer city. I think, uh, you know, the, the stadium, there's a great backdrop. And I think, you know, it'd be great to have everyone back in here. Um, but, you know, we're, we're very conscious of that. And I think the players do a good job of embracing that challenge. I think they work exceptionally hard. Uh, I'm not easy to play for because I'm demanding every day. And, and I, I think it takes, you know, a special 
discipline and 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 focus to to come in here and and accept the challenge every time we step on the field and you know i'm thankful for the guys and and what they do uh to help this organization win and you know hopefully we can get where we want to go uh sooner rather than later and and ideally we're going to start something very special even this year when we get started with the season Coach, two more uh, two more questions for you, and then we're going to get you out of here. These are a little bit lighter. Uh, so last week we had uh, your starting keep. Well, last year's starting keeper, Danny Vidiello, joined us, and we asked him. We said, you know, if if uh, you know we have Lily coming on next week, do you have a question that uh, you would like to ask Lily, or you would like us to ask for you? So I'm going to try to play this video. We'll see if this works, and uh, we'll go from there. I'm hoping this is an easy one and kind of just like, uh, you know, slide it in there, but I'm going to need to ask him, you know, who does he think has the best beard on the team? <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, who do you think has the best Close beard on down. the team? <laughs> well, the, the only, the only person that's even close to having a beard is Danny. <laughs> it looks more Amish to me than, 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 than a proper beard. <laughs> But I mean, listen, I mean, listen, Danny is nominating himself. I'm fine if he has that title. As long as he takes penalty kicks, uh, he can have <laughs> the title of having the best beard on the team. Fair enough. So, Danny, there you go. Um, he has awarded you as the best beard. Feels like that was a bit of a layup, it was a softie. Um, Coach, next week we have uh, Jordan Dover, who you mentioned is going to be joining us. Obviously, Jordan has spent a lot of time with you. We'll ask you the same question. Is there anything that you would like us to ask Jordan uh, on your behalf that maybe you haven't previously asked him or you think might give a, a fun response for the audience? I The thing that I'm always curious about Jordan is how he how he has morphed into – uh, Canardo Forbes more and more and more and more. Uh, because if Canardo's the last guy out of the locker room, Jordan is, is coming out. If, 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 if Kenny is playing the age card a little bit, Jordan, you know, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan is the, the oldest young man that I know. And, and Kenny, Kenny's his hero because Kenny is just chill. You know, takes everything slow, island time, just very relaxed. And then, you know, they both train well. I mean, I, 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 I don't want this to be uh, construed the wrong way. I mean, once once it's training. But, you know, they, they kind of ease their way in the locker room. They, they limp around like they're feeling all the effects. And, you know, once we get out there and it's business, those guys are always there. But they like to, you know... Jordan, Jordan likes to see Kenny. Kenny gets, I think the guys think I give Kenny extra preferential treatment. Uh, so Jordan, Jordan has been lobbying for that for, you know, he just is trying to do whatever Kenny does because he wants to get extra special treatment from me. So you can ask him why coach says he, he wants to know why you're, uh, and maybe you'll play this clip so he'll hear the question from me. But <laughs> I just want to know, Jordan, why you're turning more into Kenny every day. 
That's a good question. That's we will great. definitely ask him. Um, Coach, we always appreciate the time that you give us and the insight. I mean, you we, we went over the spectrum of everything, stuff that um, you know might have been uncomfortable to talk about to stuff that you know I think got us all super excited about the season. So thank you again for joining us. Um, obviously, best of luck with the rest of the preseason. Best of luck, hopefully with a you know normal season. Fingers crossed um, that uh, you know we get back to a regular schedule and fans in the stadium and all of that. But uh, thanks again, man. Like I said, we really appreciate always having you on. For sure. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Bye. Bye, Coach. Bye. Man, I love talking to that guy. It's always so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, there's a bunch of uh, like yeah, we we yeah. I mean, it, we had the next five minutes or whatever. We're going to talk about our reflections of the podcast. It could be extended um, to a full length one. There's a lot of uh, I mean, I'm, the the things I'm trying to pick out from memory from start to finish. You know, the fact that you know him talking about. I think in the back of my mind, we always talk about like, eh, we start a little slow. I got the indication he doesn't maybe think that's going to be the case this year. You know, working a lot more tactically rather than trying to get the physical legs. You know, being the only priority, and you know, trying to move forward with the squad that he has, and with an acknowledgement that like all these you know newer players are going to just have to catch up, figure and, it out. Yeah, yeah. Figure it out. Um, so. He name dropped Louis Perez. It seemed pretty strongly as like maybe the next Robbie Mertz or Danny Griffin, which is very interesting. Let's just keep it calm. Okay. Right? <laughs> he said it. He said it. That was him, not us. We're, we're right. keeping it calm. Yeah. We're just repeating. <laughs> we would never blow anything out of proportion. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was great. Obviously, thanks again uh, to Coach for joining us, um, guys. I know there's a lot of other things going on. Uh, players rotating in and out in terms of. I think we released two guys that were in the uh, in camp. We we brought in one new guy this week. Um, the Hounds have been super transparent about all of that. Uh, their new communications director, Matt Grubba, who friend of the show, has been amazing. A, Fantastic at your job so far, Matt. Well done. <laughs> I know it's still preseason, but you're crushing it. I got to give him props. He's he's helping us light up, you know, coach. And as we said, next week. I was going to say, we're a little biased. Like, we're <laughs> not. <laughs> it helps when you know the guy. Yeah. yeah sucking exactly. up to him kind of helps us a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but as we mentioned, Jordan Dover is going to join us next week. Uh, we did uh, put out a poll. I think I mentioned this last week. We put out a poll uh, and asked you guys, you know, when would be a the best time for us to do a live show. Cause obviously when we're recording and it's just a podcast, we could just do it whenever works for us. And then we put up the show later, but if we're doing it live, we want to make sure that you guys can watch that you can participate all of that. So, um, all of you sort of said, I shouldn't say all of you, the vast majority of you said a little bit later. So we're going to try next week doing the show at 7.30 p.m. instead of 6.30 p.m. And Jordan will be here with us. So it's going to be another fun one. We get to ask him why he's trying to score some preferential treatment like uh, like Kenny, which will be great. Who do, who doesn't want to be like Kenny? Like, I, I want to exactly. be like Kenny. Like I just... yeah. You're doing it wrong if you aren't trying to be like yeah. Kenny. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so make sure that you're there for that. Um, Guys, anything else that we want to talk about in this one? Kev, I think you're right. I think there was so much from just talking to Lily that we could dissect um, that maybe we save that for sort of our wrap-up preseason show uh, yeah. and circle back to it. But um, anything else from you guys? Um, I have a plug. Uh, yeah, do Steel it. Army. Uh, I just got... Wait, uh, wait, wait. 
like you're affiliated with the Steel Army somehow? What's going on here, Josh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we finally got worked out with uh, the front office. Uh, we were kind of unsure if we we're going to be able to have an AGM, the annual general meeting. Uh, but we're going to be able to have it. And if we're going to have it at the stadium, um, mm-hmm. outdoors at the stadium. Uh, and we're also going to couple it with a watch party. So it's going to be uh, the first ho- uh, the first away game of the season, the first game of the season period for the Hounds, uh, May 8th. Uh, so the game starts at 7.30. So if you just want to come to the, the watch party for the game, come around then. But you want to come for the AGM, where we talk about you know things we did last year, things we want to do this year, uh, that starts at 6.30. So yeah, come to that. Uh, I think they said that the, the bar is going to be open, so we'll have food and drinks at the bar. Um, we plan on watching the game outside. So like, we're going to see if we can get it on the scoreboard, if not, maybe on like a projector. Uh, and yeah, we'll have the AGM outside as well. So should be good social distance. Same thing that applies when you go to the stadium, blah, 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 wear a mask, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, we're actually going to be able to have it. So that's a uh, pretty awesome. Cause we thought we were going to have to do like a digital one or something recorded or something. So it's nice to be able to see everyone. Something stupid like one of these live things. Yeah, or Ryan's the a worst restream thing or something. <laughs> I don't know. We would have figured it out. It's a, hey May eighth. I mean, that's a great like Mother's Day present. So for all of those uh, mothers out there that love the hounds, <laughs> get down to the AGM and watch the game. Why not? One thing I will mention, um, and this is a whole nother topic for a whole nother show, but I wanted to bring it up because it's been it was really interesting. Um, went to go visit my parents over Easter, like sort of did like an outside visit thing. And uh, a neighbor came up and was telling me all about how proud she is that her grandson is a goalkeeper for the Riverhounds Academy. And so we talk about sort of the growth of the team and the interest in the team. And we've said how, you know, um, having the academy as sort of a backdoor in for people to be interested. This was a woman who otherwise never would have been interested in the hounds at all. But she was very proud to be name dropping Riverhounds whenever I saw her. She had no idea who I was or our affiliation or anything. Um, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. We're going to be talking to Danny Vidiello this week. This was like two weeks ago. Um, so I think that's another interesting topic is the growth of the interest in the Riverhounds amongst communities that probably wouldn't be interested simply because of their relationship with uh, you know, RDA parents and, and family members and kids and stuff like that. I think it's awesome. So very cool. Uh, yeah, very cool. So, all right. Well, again, thank you, coach, for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, as we said, look forward to Jordan joining us next week, 7.30 p.m. We will be live just like we are right now on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Um, you guys are welcome to join us. Uh, you know, Send us your comments um, either before the show or even during the show so you can react to, to what they're saying. It's always a, a good time hanging out here with all of you. So as a reminder, head over to mongols.com, click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. Um, your weekly reminder, obviously, that Black Lives Matter we're going to do this again just because I know Kevin loves it so much. Thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. <laughs> Tired of the same old uniforms and cooking cutter templates from Nike to Adidas. Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult room pro team. Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at Icarus FC. Dot com. I just gotta say, I know you guys are like trying to like get around it. I can't, Kev, you're stuck this time. You can't get around this one. So sorry, pal. Looking for more great USL news, head over to bgn.fm where we now have over a hundred fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Lots of great features that went up on the site this week. Check them out at bgn.fm. 
Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.